Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Time for the Kennedy Show. Whatever he is, he destroys you. Daniel Digger! I love technology. I guess we have a little bit of a retro Kennedy Show this evening for some reason. Uh, yeah, Blog Talk Radio decided we're going to play the old open. So go figure. It's time for the Kennedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. You had our. Our original open there to start the show. We are you're in store for a great night tonight. The best in pro wrestling talk. We got so much to talk about with you this evening. Check us out on Facebook. That's Facebook.com. Excuse me, I'm getting all choked up. Slash the Ken Reedy Show. Go over there. We'll have a show chat going on tonight. Um, and later on, when Monday Night Raw is on, we will have a Raw chat on the Facebook page. So Tell your friends, get over there, right? In fact, you've got to get your friends. We're so close. We're hanging on. You guys have been great. We've been increasing our numbers over the past few weeks. We're at 394 likes, just, just six away from our next milestone of 400 likes on the Facebook page. So get out, call your friends, you know, get them on the Facebook. Just promise, you know, promise money, you know. Don't deliver after the fact. We just want their likes now. So get on the Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Our handle on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show. Tweet us sometime. It'd be cool, you know. We're on the Twitter there. And as always, the website, TheKenReedyShow.com. We got blogs, info, so check out TheKenReedyShow.com. Each and every week we go through this. And there's so much in the world of professional wrestling discuss. Couldn't get through without my tag team partner who's on the line all the way from Connecticut Dave, how are you doing this evening? I'm I'm doing very well. It's 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 New England springtime weather, real springtime weather. It's 82 degrees. Um, I'm uh, the past month I haven't been living in fear of possibly seeing a snowflake at the ground. And you know, like you said, we have a lot of navigation to to, to go through in the world of wrestling talk. So let's get right to it. Yeah. So in you know our show. It's a living, breathing entity, and it's always changing and evolving. We're always trying to add some stuff. And, you know, we've come up with this segment, uh, what are you watching this week on the show? We don't really quite know exactly where we're going to slot this in for, like, a regular time slot. So uh, we decided this week, what the hell? We'll open the show with what are you watching this week on the network. And if you head over to the Facebook and you go on the show chat and you want to tell us what you watched this week, on the network, we'd love to hear from you guys, because um, I'm just curious. I'm curious if people are watching out there, because there's so much to watch. There's so much on the network, and are you, uh, you know, uh, an old events type person? Are you a documentary type person? Uh, what are you watching out there on the network? And we'll, we'll talk about it week to week, um, you know, what we caught over the course of the week, and for me, David, I'm sure you're probably catching this too, a big fan, maybe, maybe the funniest show on TV, quote-unquote TV, 
Uh, one of the things I watched this week was Legends House. As, as the legends of Legends House are trained to be Chippendales dancers, um, I, I have spoken time and time again on the show that the network has become uh, my entertainment when I'm doing cardio at the gym. Uh, this week, people next to me in the gym must have thought I was absolutely crazy because I was just doing the Stairmaster, cracking up, uh, watching Legends House this week. Very entertaining, interesting stuff, as well as some intense drama because Hacksaw and Tony Atlas really just don't get along. Good episode this week. Uh, do, you, do you happen to catch uh, Legends House? Yes, I did. And a matter of fact, it's pretty funny that you mentioned that the, uh, you know, the, the people next to you at the gym um, were, were, were giving you glares while you were watching the network on your phone. Um, I was watching Legends House in bed on my iPad, and my girlfriend was sound asleep. And, you know, just about anything mean Gene Orkelin has to say is pretty damn funny. So I'm, I got the earphones in my ear, um, you know, hooked up to the, the iPad so that, you know, the noise doesn't bother. But I was laughing so loud that she woke up, gave me... The dirtiest look of all day. It reminded me of when Sensational Sherry used to sk- you know, scare, scary Sherry. And then that's when I kind of had to tone it down a little bit on the laughter. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, just, it gets funnier and funnier each week. I, I, honestly, I, why didn't they think of this years ago, the legend? You're right. I think it's hilarious. I, I agree. I, I can't get enough of it. And you're right. Like, just me and Gene, anytime he's on, on camera, I mean, it all balls. And I just start cracking up. But... I mean, the, the lot of them. I mean, they're all just so such misfits, and, and just watching how how they interact with each other, and, and you know how they interact with the general public. I, I mean, I, I mean <laughs> hacksaw, uh, not hacksaw, uh, hillbilly Jim uh, getting manscaped, and here not, not just not even just him getting manscaped, but when they said they were going to get manscaped, and the fact that none of them knew what manscaping meant, and they're all like, they kept cutting to each one of them trying to, I don't know what that is. And it's like, it's a little snip snip down there. And, and uh, it's just, I was just cracking up. Like, I almost start to finish of that episode. So, uh, classic stuff. But for me on, on, the, uh, uh, on the network, I mean, I, I love, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gluttonous for, for documentaries. I, even in, in all walks of life, I mean, wrestling aside, I love documentaries. I love documentary films. I love the good ones, obviously. Um, I really enjoy watching wrestling documentaries. So anytime they pop on a new one uh, on where it says Beyond the Ring, I, I make sure to catch it. And I, I caught a couple. One I caught this week was uh, Batista's very interesting story. Uh, I knew most of um his life story but still an interesting story interesting to see where he he came from um that was good stuff i just i really enjoy the the documentary what are what are some of the stuff you caught dave um it's a couple of interesting things i've been trying to get more into watching some of the older events some of the stuff that i had heard about that i missed or some of the stuff that i saw that had a you know a, an effect on me as a younger as a, as a younger wrestling fan that i wanted to relive again and uh, one of the events I started watching um, this afternoon as I came home from work, and I haven't finished it yet, um, September 2nd, 1992, the WCW Clash of Champions. It was the 20th anniversary of professional wrestling on TBS. They made it into a red carpet event. Uh, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Jesse Ventura was on commentary as well, uh, Teddy Long. They had all these legends, you know, coming out in the red carpet, entering the arena center stage and. uh 
in uh, in in Atlanta, Georgia. You saw Sting, Ron Simmons. Uh, Ron Simmons defended the, the WCW title against Cactus Jack. That was in the uh, the build up towards uh, WCW's Halloween Havoc with Sting and Jake the Snake. Um, I saw a great television title match with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Stunning Steve Austin um, with Paul E. Dangerously hanging above the ring inside of a monkey cage. There was no DQs, no countouts. Fantastic match. Um, some of you wrestling fans who aren't familiar with Center Stage, it was a small television studio in Atlanta um, in the TBS area, or T- TBS headquarters or whatever, CNN, and uh, they it's kind of like what you watch on TV now with Impact, and there was maybe about like a couple hundred people, four or five hundred people in the audience. But it was a, it was a different wrestling crowd because a lot of the wrestling legends were sitting in the audience, and a lot of more in tuxedos, and they made a real big gala out of it. I thought it was pretty cool. Andre the Giant made an appearance. Um, this was about like a year before he, you know, a few months before he passed away. Uh, Bruno San Martino, um, you know, Bullet Bob Armstrong, Bill Watts. Uh, so, I mean, it was pretty cool, you know, from what I saw. I still got to watch the rest of it. But the show that kind of got my attention, that threw me off guard, that I wanted to discuss briefly here on today's on tonight's show was the, the WWE's countdown show that they have. They do a top ten countdown on any kind of subject. And this this past week's countdown was top ten villains. Um, and most of these guys deserve a spot on this list, but um, – I'll go through the names, you know, briefly. Number 10 was Ravishing Rick Rude. Number 9 was JBL. Number 8 was the Iron Sheik. Number 7 was the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Number 6 was Hot Rod Robbie Roddy Piper. Number 5 was Hollywood Hogan. Number 4 was Triple H. Number 3 was CM Punk. Number 2 was Randy Orton. And number 1 was the chairman himself, Mr. McMahon. Now, the one glaring omission from this list that I was shocked at, that I thought that should have easily been in the top three, was the Nature Boy Ric Flair. And that kind of, that, that kind of, I wouldn't say bothered me, but I was, I was baffled that Ric Flair wasn't in this top ten list. Yeah, I mean, that, that shocks me. I, I mean, he died. Not, and it's funny, because I've actually, I made it a point to steer clear of the, the list show, only because... I, I can feel like I'm going. I'm going to get pissed off. Like I can just see like the lists are going to piss me off. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's, there's people that deserve to be on the list where they're ranked. It is kind of intriguing. I, I, you're right. The biggest, the glaring omission is Flair. But I, I can't sit here and, and buy Randy Orton as number two. Well, here, here's the other thing too that that you know that, that kind of baffles me. Is JBL? Yes, he was a great heel, but his character was a ripoff of number seven on that list, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. I mean, both guys were virtually the same. They 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 had extreme amounts of wealth. You know, they bought their way into their success in a lot of ways. And why would you have two of the same characters on in this top ten countdown? If it was twenty five, thirty, fifty, a hundred, whatever, yeah, I can understand. But in the top ten, you have two of these same characters. I thought I thought if anything I would have taken JBL off that list I would have inserted Ric Flair. Um, that that's that's what I found and you know this this show I don't know when it was produced but you know I find it ironic that it airs now a few months after CM Punk is no longer in the company. Um, I wonder if that's WWE's way of trying to lure him back in. But uh, yeah, Randy Orton at number two. 
I mean, he did, you know, as a heel, he did some pretty shitty things. Excuse my language, but to be ahead of Roddy Piper or, you know, Hollywood Hogan or, or even Triple H, who was a who, who pretty much was a blueprint of his heel run of what Randy Orton's has been over the years. I, I just it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, you know it's funny because when it comes to like lists, if they came up with a list of of top heel moments, and and they ranked Randy Orton kissing uh, the unconscious Stephanie McMahon, and that was like number two. And that I wouldn't have a problem with, because that's one of my favorite heel moments of all time. Uh, you know, but, but overall, uh, he's just, he's not, he's not number two. I, I, he's just not. And, and Flair needs to be on that list. Um, but again, you know, another, you know, interesting uh, bit of programming on the network. Again, I am a glutton for the uh, documentaries. And, and the other thing I watched was uh, the John Cena experience. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool because most of the documentaries, which I enjoy, but they're, you know, their beginnings, how they got into wrestling, you know, their first break in the business, uh, you know, their start in the WWE, where their characters may have changed. You know, that's your typical documentary. I, I really enjoyed the John Cena experience where it went through, you know, mm-hmm. a, a few months in, in the life of John Cena and how incredibly busy this man is. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that when you watch the documentary and, and you see, like, what Cena does day in and day out, uh, it's understandable why he's the top guy in the company. Uh, it's a ridiculous schedule. I mean, the schedule is so ridiculous where, you know, I, I almost feel like if I was a wrestler and I understand comp- competition and wanting to be the best, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there'd be part of me that's like, yeah, I'd want to make it to the WWE but I'd want to stay a couple of notches away from the top guy in the company. It it just was very uh, eye-opening to watch what John Cena does day in and day out, whether it's, uh, you know, going to Iraq or or doing a a media tour or hitting ESPN for, for the day and and getting his workouts in. Um, It it was just really cool. And, And what I really enjoy about the network is the fact that you, you watch these things because they're so accessible. You know, I, I, would, I didn't watch DVDs regularly. You know, every, you know one, every few weeks, you know, once a month, you know, some, some months more than others. When I was in the mood, I'd pop it in. Um, you know, but with the network, I'm always watching it. And what, what I found very interesting, and again, this is why a guy like John Cena winds up being the, the top guy in the company, because... He's a freak of nature, and somehow he's able to maintain this type of schedule year in and year out. And I found it interesting. Also, a very good documentary was uh, uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, WrestleMania 30 experience. I'm forgetting exactly what it was called. Was it behind the scenes, whatever. Was it the WrestleMania experience? The the journey to WrestleMania. WrestleMania. That's it. Thank you. Um, and I found it interesting how you saw, I mean, you saw Daniel Bryan for like WrestleMania for at least that week maintaining a, quote, top guy type schedule. And, and there were moments where Daniel Bryan looked exhausted, almost exacerbated, uh, just, oh, I have to go do something else, and now I have to go here. and I have to, 
And, and I found it interesting that where watching the John Cena experience, he almost seems to embrace this hectic, crazy schedule, whereas it seemed like Daniel Bryan was a little taken back with how involved and busy the schedule was. And I found that interesting because if you're going to be the top guy in the company, you're going to have to do that day in and day out, year in and year out. And you, you wonder, you know, and they're just human. I, I'm willing to accept the fact that John Cena is kind of superhuman. Uh, can can people do that? Can, can you know, a, a guy like Daniel Bryant maintain a, a schedule like that? And I just, it, it was interesting to be able to see those documentaries close to each other and compare and contrast uh, the mood set and how each guy addressed that schedule. And, and you know, in getting into that, I mean, Daniel Bryan comes out of WrestleMania, uh, most popular guy on the planet, um, beats Evolution, essentially, at WrestleMania, comes out, beats Kane uh, at Extreme Rules, and then we move into last week on Monday Night Raw and Daniel Bryan running from Kane like a little girl. And I, I jest, but I, I did find myself... There are a couple things coming out of the storyline, and, and Dave, I definitely want to give uh, you know your your take on this. Uh, a couple things. Number one, I do think out of the main storylines that coming out of WrestleMania, this is the most uninteresting storyline, which is not necessarily a good thing for a brand new champion. I'm totally into the Wyatts and Cena. I mean, the Wyatts are, Bray is just unbelievable. Totally into that, and I'm really into. Shield and Evolution and, and, and where they're going to go with that and where the Shield is going to go uh, moving forward. Those storylines have me hooked. I am, I am in those storylines, hook, line, and sinker. Um, Daniel Bryant, not so much. Not The storyline has not grabbed me. I'm digging, digging Kane right now, back with the Demon. I think Kane is, is one of the, if not the most, he's one of the most underrated performers ever in wrestling. I mean, you can slot that guy in. Comedy, demon, uh, corporate guy, whatever you want to do with Kane. And he's the consummate company guy. Um, you know, I like Kane a lot, but I just the storyline is not grabbing me, number one. And number two, same thing. Coming out of uh, WrestleMania, uh, a new guy, potentially a new number one guy, uh, the champ, uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 30, I just don't think – I thought he looked weak. And I know people throw around that term a lot, you know, can't make him look weak, got to make him look strong, yada, yada, yada. But it struck me last week to see him uh, just panicked and, and running away from Kane. Um, it just bothered me to see the, the, the new champ uh, doing that. I just didn't think it was doing a service uh, for Daniel Bryan. And – in addition to all of that, and I know it's probably, you know, tie-in divas, so, you know, let's let's put uh, Bella as, as part of this storyline. She's just awful. Uh, she's terrible. She's doing nothing to help Daniel Bryan right now. It, it's, it's really just uh, her screams are terrible. I, I get it. They're trying to kind of hit this horror movie vibe. Uh, at best, it's a B-level horror movie. It's it's awful. Uh, she just, I don't know. Tell Daniel, tell her to stay home for her own protection. Whatever you need to do, but I I just am not digging Bella being a part of this whole thing. So, 
you know, that's just it. it there's a lot. So the storyline's not working for me. Daniel running is not working for me. And Brie Bella being involved in this is not working for me. And I, I don't think that's that, that's the best place necessarily for a new champ to, to be in. Your thoughts right now, Dave, on, on this storyline going on with Kane and Daniel Bryan? Well, you know, there have been stories don't come, you know, coming out about, you know, Daniel Bryan and what company officials have felt about him as of late. Um, they felt like he plateaued at WrestleMania by defeating virtually all of Evolution in the same night, winning the title. Big moment that, you know, all of the WWE universe and wrestling fans wanted to see. And the real test was, and still is, is what's, how, how can you make this character and his title run as entertaining, if not more entertaining, than the actual chase towards the title. Um, and so far, it hasn't really been that entertaining. It's kind of fallen flat for me as a viewer, um, pairing him up with Kane. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess in some ways you could look at it and say, well, Daniel Bryan going over on Kane is to add more credibility to Daniel Bryan's title reign because of the name that Kane has and the reputation he has as a character on television over the years. Um, the running away portion that you mentioned about last week, it doesn't do any favors for him. It doesn't do any favor. It, it, you know, it doesn't do any favors for him that his girlfriend, wife, whatever you want to call her, her acting ability is poor at best um, with the screaming um, I've heard babies scream better than that, uh, and it, it, it's very reminiscent of a, like scenes from a bad horror movie. I mean, you know, you know that this guy is after your wife. Why do you still keep bringing her to TV every week if you're if, if she's going to be in great danger? I mean, come on, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that they they haven't you know made the Brie Bella character react um, angry at Daniel Bryan for putting her in these dangerous positions, but. They, it, I don't think they'll do that. Um, this title reign bar is very reminiscent of what happened to Rey Mysterio when he first won the World Heavyweight title uh, back at WrestleMania 22. Um, the build-up towards that, he won the Royal Rumble. He was pretty hot as a character because he was Eddie Guerrero's best friend. And six months, six, seven months prior, Eddie Guerrero had passed away. So um, Mysterio was you know, a very popular character and the closest connection to Eddie Guerrero on television, not being a family member that fans could connect to. So Mysterio had very, um, very uh, lopsided matches. I remember they booked him with JBL at one point. JBL's about two feet taller than him. They had him in there with the great Kali, Mark Henry, um, you know, guys that were, I mean, granted most of the roster is bigger than him, but they really embellished that underdog champion. And I think they're kind of doing that a little bit with Daniel Bryan. Um, I hope that as time goes on, that this is just this is just their their sick, twisted way of trying to get him over by having him get one over on Kane. And the rumors of him wrestling Kane in a buried alive match at Payback um, to to kind of send Kane off TV for a little while. Maybe we'll see you know greener pastures for Daniel Bryan's character. But right now, the stories that are coming out is that he's not seen in in favorable light as a top guy, as the top guy. Um, for WWE right now, and John Cena is still number one. I mean, reports came out last week, John Cena far exceeded um, merchandise sales over Daniel Bryan, over CM Punk, and other other big names, The Shield, and, 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 and other guys, with the exception of when the Ultimate Warrior had passed away. His, his, 
his merchandise sales were number one for a few weeks consistently over John Cena. So I guess they kind of see merchandise as a, as a large contributing factor as to who's the top guy and who's not. Daniel Bryan will be number two from what the stories I'm hearing, but he's not going to be that guy that John Cena is, obviously. That's, that's what management sees in him currently. And, Ken, you've brought up a good point um, on this show before. If Randy Macho Man Savage came in during another era of wrestling and didn't debut during the Hulk Hogan era, he would have been huge. And I think the same could be said for Daniel Bryan. He's clearly the most popular guy on the roster right now, clearly still is, number one in popularity overall, um, from crowd reactions to, you know, just in general. But Cena, for whatever reason, he's got that connection for the, for the, the, with the children, and it, and it shows in merchandise. So I think Daniel Bryan, if he came in during a different era and there was no John Cena in the past five years, you know, I think Daniel Bryan would be the number one guy, and they'd have no choice but to make him number one because he's that overwhelmingly popular. Yeah, and it, it's pretty amazing just to see how, how quickly things can unfold. And that's, that's the difficult thing about a, a, a performer like Daniel Bryan. And, and I think, look, he's got all the talent in the world, don't get me wrong. But with guys like him, guys that size, guy, you know, the chase winds up being eminently more entertaining than when they finally succeed. Uh, Daniel Bryan is, is the ultimate underdog, and, and the, the chase for the title was very entertaining. He, you know, the, but to me, like the, the character worked well as the guy that kept getting beat down but got up and uh, attempted to persevere. Now the guy on the top of the mountain, and it's just it's, it's weird. Like how do you, now it's like how do we kind of maintain this underdog stature but he's the champion and that's a difficult thing to do and and you know Kane is it's a good idea I guess but um I don't know and and you know with the stuff you're hearing and what we're seeing so far and you know I don't know where they're going to go after this Kane program but but more and more and we speculated on this show um I just if I had to bet money, I'm, I'm thinking Daniel Bryan holds the title until SummerSlam, going into SummerSlam. They, they set up something with Lesnar, and Lesnar winds up being the guy that, that killed the streak and killed the Yes Network. The Yes Network. I wish someone would kill the Yes Network. Uh, I digress. The Yes Movement. Uh, that's, that's what I think, you know, I, I think we're going to see which which is amazing that he he is uh the most popular wrestler probably on the planet um I hate to use transitional champion as a term but it's you know it's I I don't know I, I mean that's when I start to look at the writing on the wall unless they come up with a, a really intriguing interesting program for him to run after Kane I I just see the the beast incarnate coming back and uh you know, that's that's what he's got. He beat the streak. What else do you have to go after? Um, and I just think, you know, when you go back, I mean, I know he's a part-time guy, but, you know, like we've said earlier, you know, before on, on previous shows, you know, you don't need the champion on every week. 
And, and maybe on some levels it gives it a little more prestige if the champion is not on TV every week. So, you know, I think Lesnar could come in and annihilate Daniel Bryan and he could continue his part-time schedule. I mean, maybe be on a little more often. Um, but to me, Dave, and I don't know your, your thoughts. I mean, that that's kind of how I'm seeing it. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, getting putting our fantasy booking hats on, but that's how I see Daniel Bryan's title run unfolding. It's just really intriguing how quickly, you know, Daniel Bryan, just the hottest storyline and, and really into it and going into WrestleMania and this, this great WrestleMania moment. And I'm just, I'm just not into this storyline right now at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could see the Lesnar uh, scenario play out. I mean, Lesnar is quite possibly the, the probably the most talked about name coming out of WrestleMania uh, with, 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 um, the storyline of him ending the streak. So having those two different worlds collide with him and Daniel Bryan, I could see that taking place at SummerSlam being a big money match and maybe possibly, you know, a rematch down the line if Lesnar were to annihilate Daniel Bryan. And, and then you begin that chase again. Um, there's been talk of doing something with, with Daniel Bryan and John Cena. I mean, it's been acknowledged on TV that, you know, they're, they're dating the Bellas. I mean, not to say that they would get the girls involved. I mean, they probably would in some small way, but I remember there was a few times where Cena had publicly acknowledged on TV in storylines that he'd love to have a match with Daniel Bryan again because he considers Daniel Bryan to be the best wrestler in the world. So, I mean, you could, there's intrigue in there. They had that one match at SummerSlam last year, which was a great match, um, despite John Cena's injury. It was a great match, and it really helped you know, elevate the status of Daniel Bryan, having him win. You know, having Bryan beat Cena again possibly could really help his stature even further. The one thing that kind of bothers me, though, about these reports about Daniel Bryan is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of these reports are saying that WWE officials think that the yes chance is more over than Daniel Bryan himself and that Bryan's not nearly as over as the chance. And that may be true in some cases, but... If you really sink your teeth and watch a Daniel Bryan match, it's not only just the chant that people get into. You, you hear the people sometimes when, and you probably heard this, Ken watched it, there will be a guy out on the floor, and Bryan will go run the ropes to do that, you know, middle rope plancha through the, through the ropes, and the people, they start like a little chant. He starts running like a, oh, and then he gets through the rope, and then boom, they pop. I mean, when he dives off the top rope and does the diving headbutt, I mean, everybody stands up. And his moveset is popular, too, which in turn makes him popular. So I think overall, in my opinion, as a wrestling fan at least, and maybe I'm micro, you know, micromanaging it a little too much, if that's the proper term, but it's not just that champ that's over. He's over as well. The beard is over. The, I mean, you know, they, they, they've got nicknames for him, you know, the, 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 the flying goat and all this other stuff. There's other things about him that are over that's not just about this chant. The chant is the, 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 the majority of it, but there are things about him as well. And that's what bothers me about hearing about him not being in favor with management because they think it's a chant. I think it's just, I, to be honest with you, he's the new version of what CM Punk was. CM Punk was second fiddle's John Cena. He was the indie favorite. Now, Punk is gone. They have no choice but to push Brian, at least from stories I've heard. And Brian, who basically does what management tells him to do, he's the complete opposite 
from CM Punk, and in my opinion, a far better wrestler than CM Punk, but he's an internet favorite, and the WWE doesn't, at least management from stories ever, do not like that. They like when they can dictate who the people like, and that's why they're making, that's why they're eventually going to turn Cesaro babyface, because they want to create an organic fan following for Cesaro like the WWE Universe did for Daniel Bryan, but control over it instead. So many things to take into account with the storyline. Where are they going to go with Daniel Bryan? Three four seven eight three nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We're going to get to your calls on the other side of the break. But it is time for that break. And as always, Dave is going to take you away with the fifty fifty news report. That's right. Ken said it. Take you away. So come with me as I give you the top five stories in the week of professional wrestling. In my opinion, of course simply known as the Dave 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show, where it's the very best in pro wrestling talk. My top story this week, the backstage atmosphere in TNA wrestling has become very rocky since the budget cuts fell into place for the company dating back to the summer of 2013. And this past week was no exception. ProWrestlingInsider.com reports that because payroll was consistently late or delayed, TNA Wrestling's production staff threatened a walkout during last week's Impact Wrestling taping. Word had gotten back to management, and over the course of a 24-hour period, checks were written to those who were not paid, and all was taken care of. But word in the locker room is that money is tight and things are not good for TNA Impact Wrestling. Speaking of money issues with TNA, I've been following the contract status of TNA's bad influence tag team. Daniels just became a free agent, and as of this past weekend, you can add Kazarian to the free agent list. Sources in TNA have told PWInsider.com that the decision to release Kazarian came from the fact that Kaz's deal allegedly was large enough that TNA could pay two performers from what he was making and the fact that Kaz did not want to take a 50% pay cut like several others that have left TNA recently. As of this morning, it's being said that Ring of Honor is looking into bringing bad influence in as a tag team, and rumors suggest that newly acquired Ring of Honor star and former TNA World Heavyweight Champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles, was very influential in making this potential deal happen. PW Insider reports that during WrestleMania 30 weekend in New Orleans, rumors were abound on a possible Season 2 of the WWE Network's Legend House before Season 1 even aired. And the leading candidate to be, the cat, to be cast as the main star was none other than Hulk Hogan. Now reports suggest that Hogan may not be cast for Season 2, but instead insert, woo, nature boy, Ric Flair. Flair has been rumored for a return to WWE television and with the possible role on Legends House, returning on Raw or SmackDown would be the perfect vehicle to promote the WWE Network show. The new season is not definite yet, but could possibly be taping in the Orlando, Florida area. Figure4WrestlingOnline.com reports that discussions regarding unifying the WWE's Intercontinental and United States Championships has been brought back to the fold in creative meetings as of late. 
with the upcoming European Tour this week and the recent championship victories by Bad News Barrett and Sheamus with their respective titles, those may the, there may be more truth to the recent rumors than ever before. And our final story this evening, in a press release announced this past weekend, the CEO of The Exchange, Brian O'Shea, announced that the deal to sell a big-budget reboot of the 1989 film Kickboxer is in progress, and the pitch will begin at the upcoming Cannes Film Festival. The two big names announced to star in this remake, former UFC champion George St. Pierre and current WWE superstar The Animal Batista. No word on how this movie role will affect Batista's current WWE contract. And there you have it, folks. You've been taken away. I hope you enjoyed the ride. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard on the Ken Reedy Show at the top of the hour every single Monday night, unless we're on vacation. Ken, <laughs> back to you. Uh, some interesting stuff as, as we come out of the news. We have some, some breaking stories, and it winds up being a, a good news, bad news uh, kind of thing. So I'm, I'm going to hit you with the good news. Be sure to tune in next week. And you want to tune in right at 630 because we're going to have the legendary wrestling journalist Bill After is going to be joining us next week. Just uh, as you were doing the news, got the email confirmation. He's going to be with us next week. And we got a lot of positive feedback the last time he was on the show. He's telling us stories about introducing Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman. This guy's been in the business forever. You never know what he's going to say, but be sure to check that out. Next week, we'll have Bill Apter. And another breaking story, and we'll see uh, how this unfolds as the show goes on. I'll try to pursue it and see if we get uh, any further information. But this is the the bad news part. Um, SES Scoops is reporting that Daniel Bryant has suffered a neck injury and will have to be taking some time off. And Bryant is expected to announce the injury on tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, I will quote the story. Brian will most likely need a minimally invasive neck, quote, procedure. If it goes well, he could be back in time for the June 1st WWE payback um, in Chicago. Otherwise, he'll be back money in the bank. A source who is currently backstage at Raw says he's been very quiet all day. So we'll see what that will pursue it and see if we get uh, further information on this story. Again, take it for what it's worth. Uh, you never know uh, with some of these dirt sheets if it is completely factual. Uh, the story also goes on to say the exclusive scoop uh, comes from the same source who told us about Daniel Bryan suffering a concussion back in January, the night he broke away from the Wyatt family. So, again, could it be true? Perhaps. I, I'm Honestly, I'm sitting here as I'm reading the story. I'm hoping it's false and it's just a rumor, but when we hear news breaking, I want to bring it to you. So I will pursue the story and, and see if we get anything but... Dave, definitely, if it is true, unfortunate news for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, neck, neck injuries in wrestling are, are, are no joke. Um, and there's different procedures that guys have gone through with neck injuries. Uh, you know, guys like Steve Austin and Edge and uh, Rhino, you know, they'd been out for, you know, over a year. My friend Shane Helms did the same thing with the see Dr. Lloyd Youngblood in uh, San Antonio, Texas. And then there are other procedures that have been, uh, have been uh, done uh, where Kurt Angle, who is notorious for neck injuries, has had a couple of neck surgeries where you go through the front of the neck and uh, you're, you're back in two months. So, um, And John Cena had a debilitating neck injury that we all thought was going to put him out for 
you know, six, eight, maybe even a year, um, six or eight months to a year, and he came back in two months, uh, back in 2008. So <clears throat> anything's possible, <clears throat> excuse me, especially with these injuries. It would be, it would be pretty crappy if Daniel Bryan um, had to, uh, you know, take the, uh, you know, the forfeit the championship. However, um, there's been times where, you know, I mean, CM Punk had a knee injury, and he was, uh, he was on TV, but not, you know, wrestling for over a month. So maybe they'll work their way around it, depending on the severity of the injury and the, the procedure that he has. But if, if he's out for, you know, a long-term period of time, then this definitely knocks the wind out of the sails as far as this yes movement. However, it does create a window of opportunity for when he comes back, his return to be bigger than ever. And that, and that's the thing. It's funny. Like it, it's a bad thing on one hand, um, as far as, you know, you don't ever want to see someone get hurt, but kind of what we've said on the other hand, it puts them firmly back in that underdog status. I mean, if, if he has to, let's just, let's spitball and play it out to worst case scenario. If he has to come out tonight and give up the title, um, you put him, when he comes back, he's going to get a tremendous pop and you, you got him clawing his way to the top again. So, it remains to be seen whether this is true or not. Again, I will continue to pursue this and see if I can get some other facts uh, on this story. Uh, again, breaking from SES Scoops, um, but I will see what I can find out. Now we will go out to the calls. Uh, what you guys got to say? You know, and we talk Daniel Bryan. We can talk uh, anything else you guys want to talk about. So bring it. Bring it. Let's go out to the phones right now. And we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Oh yeah, I'm here. How you doing? Doing this fine. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, all these injuries and what have what have you. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if that's I mean if it's true yet. I mean I haven't seen that with, with Daniel Bryan. It's oh actually no, if, um, if I see it here. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just I'm seeing it on PW Insider now. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's. Uh... Interesting stuff, yeah. but uh, yeah, still, yeah, it's it's just broken now. But um, that would really be a shame if he if he uh, you know, if, if he was out that long, because it's just like you know, you were saying before, you know, it's like the guy, the guy, you know, fought for, you know, it's like the guy, the guy has been, you know, the most over guy, I think, or you know, for a while, you know, for months now, and it's you know, it's like they finally, you know, it's like they did everything. They you know, they they put the belt on him at WrestleMania. They had him beat Triple H. They had him beat. Oh yeah. They had him beat. Uh, they had him make um, um, Batista tap out. You know, and then uh, and then they're doing Kane. They were going to do him and Kane because Batista didn't want to didn't want a job to him again. But uh, it's you know, it, it really be a shame. You know, it's like I just you know, it's like I just get the feeling. You know, it's like now it's an injury. You know, it's like they're gonna. They're gonna do something where it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to strip you the belt, and you know Stephanie or Triple H will come out and you know be like, oh yeah, it's the best for business to strip you the belt or whatever, and all like, you know, you know that all that ridiculousness that the big mans do or whatever, and it's it's just like if he's off TV, if he's off TV, you know, it's like I'm just wondering, you know, because it's just like they're saying, you know, it's like. I heard too that you know, like Vince or whoever was saying that that they think the yes chant is more over than Daniel Bryan himself, which I think is BS also. But you know, it's, it's like, I mean, it's like if he does have to take time off or whatever. I mean, I'm just hoping Vince isn't going to be like, oh yeah, well he's that he's that little indie guy that the Marks like. Let's just uh, you know forget he even had the belt. 
I mean, I think that, I don't think they would do that. The conundrum that you gotta you know think about with the WWE is. You know, depending on the injury, and now I'm seeing it now, my, and Mike Johnson from PW Insider is reporting. All he's reporting is Daniel Bryan is dealing with some sort of neck issue that will keep him out of the ring on Raw tonight. We don't know anything beyond that, but with Raw starting in a bit, we'll see soon enough. So, uh, you know, we, we hear one report that, uh, you know, he needs a procedure. PW Insider reporting that he has a neck, neck issue that will keep him out tonight. So, again, we'll see how this story develops over time. The, the, the tough spot that the WWE is in, and, you know, and I hear you. As, as a fan, if they wind up stripping him of the belt, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck. Um, but it's, you know, what exactly is the injury? And, you know, with any injury, if you need a procedure or some sort of surgery, there's, there's a worst-case scenario and a best-case scenario. And if this is a sort of situation where the doctor reports, well, best case scenario, we go in, everything goes right, he could be back in a month, two months' time. That's best case scenario. But if the doctor says worst case scenario, which could happen, he's going to be out, whatever, let's just say eight months, eight months to a year. Um, It's tough when you're running a business to say, well, do you – do you take the risk and say, all right, we're going to bank on that best-case scenario is going to happen and we'll have them keep the title, um, you know, we'll figure out some way, some storyline-wise to, to not strip him of the belt and uh, he'll have the surgery and come back, you know, or do you look at it and be like, you know, we can't take this chance. He could be out, you know, eight months to a year. And that's just, this is me just speculating, but it's a tough spot for the WWE to be in when their champ could be going down with neck surgery. So, Again, an unfortunate uh, turn of events, especially now. And, and I'm curious your thoughts, Tony, you know, as we talk about Daniel Bryan and, and now, you know, Daniel Bryan is definitely going to dominate the conversation for this evening. Uh, are you enjoying this storyline right now with Kane? Uh, I mean, your thoughts on, on the segment last week, uh, the, the car and, and, and Brie Bella screaming. Uh, I, I'm just curious, like, so far, Kane, Daniel Bryan, the segments, what are your thoughts on this program? Oh my God! That 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 stuff last week was just it was it was like something out of like you said like out of it was out of a cheesy horror movie which is like Vince is still trying to do make movies and all that stuff you know it's like it, that whole story was just stupid you know it's like I mean it's like supposed to be like you know like the fighting he's supposed to be like a fighting champion or whatever and this and that and it's like and it's like you have to you have the babyface champion running away from a, from a from the from the monster and you're like going oh you know they have, then they have the oh man in this stupid locker room or whatever that. Broom closet it was or whatever you know whatever the frick it was and just like Stephanie's like oh yeah yeah you stay in here or whatever and then the lights go off and then Kane's mask is on a light on, on the lamp or whatever the hell that was, that was and then it's like oh you know Dan's like oh I can't wait to get out of here and then it's like and oh my god it it just made it it it, it really does I really hope they don't they don't, they don't continue this but it really does, kind of does feel like a Rey Mysterio title reign you know it's just like. The guy's got the belt, and then, and then it's like because he's because he's you know not a big jacked up guy. He's got you know they, they, Vince just doesn't want to push him or whatever. So it's like okay, yeah, let's make him you know let's make him look weak and have him run from the from this monster. And by the way, is, is the is the demon only in the mask? Because every time it's like the they just show the mask, and it's like oh my god, the mask has been taken out of the casing. It's like that means the demon's unleashed. It's like. Uh, Good point. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the. You know, it's funny because as you're talking about it being a horror movie vibe, 
Now that would be kind of a, kind of a horror movie that uh, anyone who puts on the mask, you know, winds up getting possessed by some demon. So maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe the demon lurks inside that mask. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't been crazy about it. Um, you know, I, I just don't think it's it's good for you know anybody involved. It's just it's just been really kind of cheesy. Um, you know, I I don't know. I just I was hoping. You know, I had heard someone talk to, today that I was talking to it was about wrestling, and they 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 brought up a really good point um, that a great program for Daniel Bryan would have been if they could have brought back uh, heel Jericho and uh, have run a program between Jericho and Daniel Bryan. I, that that would be something I would be interested in. But this to me is uh, not compelling TV. Um, um, you know, going into Monday Night Raw uh, tonight. Uh, aside, obviously, we'll hopefully get some more news on on Daniel Bryan's uh, supposed injury. Uh, is there anything tonight that really is just kind of grabbed you? What you're looking forward to on Raw? I don't know. I mean, not really. I mean, the, the um, you know, like I said, with the uh, Shield stuff. You know, the Shield you know, going over Evolution at Extreme Rules. I mean, I'm you know, they have been. I don't know. I mean, what are they going to do next? I mean, are they going to do a, a rematch or whatever, a six-man at uh, payback or whatever? Because I was kind of, you know, it was like they had been late, you know, they had Evolution lay the shield out at the end of, la- of Raw last week, so it's like it's, it seems like this story is continuing. I'm not really sure, you know, I don't, I don't really know why, because it's like, you know, like the shield the shield went over at Extreme Rules, so it's like, you know, it kind of feels like, you know, they just, I mean, I don't know, maybe it'll still be good, but it's it just seems, it seems kind of like, you know, it's, one threesome against another, so it's just like you know, and and the Wyatts are busy with Cena, so they're, they're not really they're not really going back to that again. Which you know, I mean, exactly. you know, I, I, yeah. One of the things I really enjoyed on SmackDown was the fact that you know you can ha- you can have a faction, and they don't have to be in six person tag matches every time they're in the ring. Um, I enjoyed SmackDown a lot when they split up. Uh, uh, the Shield that had them in in different singles matches. So, I mean, interesting to see. I mean, the Daniel Bryan thing, if he is in fact injured, uh, you know, would be a severe shakeup in the landscape of the WWE. Uh, do they, you know, facilitate a Shield breakup faster to move Roman Reigns into a, um, you know, up as a as a bona fide singles star? There's a lot of, you know, Daniel Bryan potentially being hurt definitely could change a lot of the landscape of the WWE right now. Tony, thanks a lot for the call, and uh, talk to you next week. Yep. Take it easy, man. And there's Tony. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things going on right now uh, uh, within the, the world of the WWE. And, and, you know, when you have a situation here where, I mean, Daniel Bryan, over like a million bucks, comes out of WrestleMania, the, the most popular guy on the planet, and enters into a program that, you know, I, I mean, when it started, nothing overly compelling, but with Kane and Daniel Bryan's history, uh, you know, you could see it working. Kane was with the authority. It was a good kind of a stopgap program, a short program. Um, but I think the program kind of came off the, the tracks a little bit last week when, uh, you know, the, the horror movie stuff, it just, it, to me, it came off as really cheesy. And, and you know, if you're going to continue to use Brie Bella in, in this spot, by all means, someone get that chick some acting lessons because uh, she was just awful. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. And we got Mike on the line. 
Mike, are you there? <laughs> yes, I am. How you doing, brother? Oh, all right. How are you guys tonight? Doing all right. Oh, that's good. That's great to hear this. Um, you were talking about getting Bree some acting lessons. Hey, why don't tonight we open up with the dentist chair and have uh, and have uh, Isaac Yankum come out and yank him and yank him um, on what's the name's lungs and tonsils? Maybe that'll help. Whew, okay. It was that was brutal. It was you know what it was brutal and funny to watch actually because I was just like oh like I see the trunks all I see the hoods open I mean what what you know what's gonna happen It's like oh the car won't start It was it was it was something uh something out of a cheesy uh horror movie <laughs> And by the way they would have both been dead by Bree screaming like that and Daniel's bad acting They would have both been dead. That was that was bad because that even like aside from Brie Bell's acting, you're right. I forgot about the car when Daniel Bryan comes around. He's like, "Hey, there's a wire unplugged." Yeah. I, it's just like really. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Excuse my language. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's crazy. Or Stephanie's heavy hand. Sorry for my heavy hand. <laughs> what your heavy hand? Uh, and, and how many times, I mean, you know what, and they, with the best thing for Kane's gimmick was to go back to the old Kane. Not not, not, not that corporate Kane. That was, that was, I, in my opinion, I thought that was stupid. I mean, you know, so a lot of people might have liked it, but I, I, like, you know, I, I, I didn't care for it. Oh, crazy stuff going on. That's what I like about Kane, that you can slot Kane in wherever, but I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I'm glad that the... Uh, the the demon is back, but it seems like universally now people are not crazy about uh, this storyline. Um, you know, like I mean, going into tonight's Raw, what are you looking most forward to to seeing unfold tonight? Well, well, you know, as everybody knows, I'm a big Evolution fan, Triple H fan, and I will never give up on Evolution. Actually, Actually I know this you know, is kind of funny because last week Sheamus won the U.S. title. And the funny part of it is, is I'm feeling, you never know, Sheamus may be the newest member of Evolution. You know, I speculated on that, too, and, and more and more, I, I mean, Sheamus having a title is, I think it's good. I mean, I think Sheamus needs something. And, and with, with Batista taking time off, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a Sheamus hater. I, I kind of like Sheamus, but I'd like to see heel Sheamus again. I, I think he, you could slot him in with Evolution, and he's a guy that's kind of been floundering for a while. Um, yeah, I think people forget about him. Like, I forgot Mark Henry was still on the roster. You know, you see these guys come out, you forget about them. You forget about Sheamus. Um, but uh, go ahead, uh, Ken, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I, I just, I, I think it'd be something... It, it could revitalize uh, Sheamus's career, and it's tough with a guy like Sheamus because he's another guy they brought along really quickly. He got in the title picture very quickly, and now it's a while now. He's he's kind of been floundering. I I, I would kind of like that. I think that could be a cool move. What do you think, Dave? I I mean, he's got history with Triple H and Randy Orton. Uh, Batista's gone. Sheamus has kind of needed some, uh, you know. Something to breathe life into the character. I mean, um, you know, they had him defeat Ambrose, who's a pretty popular guy, a member of the Shield. You know, one of the popular, you know, babyface groups. Uh, you know, groups of babyfaces in WWE right now. So, 
it would make a lot of sense, and he hasn't really done much of anything since, I, as far as I can remember, maybe even since he had that stuff with uh, Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago, anything really serious of note that, uh, that that was worth watching, at least in my opinion, because that stuff he was doing with Del Rio and the, the banning the brogue kick and that stuff, that stuff just didn't really resonate well with me. But, um, yeah, he could, use some, he could use a heel turn, and I think they're going to go that route eventually because, what would be the point of bringing Evolution back um, only for it to go last for a month and then you you still want to continue the feud with the Shield, but one of your guys is going to be gone. It just would be very lopsided. And Sheamus, would, I think he would be a good addition. And it would and it, it would adopt that theory that I had mentioned before about Evolution. Evolution was always about yeah. being somebody. And not saying that Sheamus needed, you know, to be made, but – being in evolution will definitely help his stock even further. So uh, well, I'm that, all for it. Well, that's what I was talking about this weekend because I was asking my my nephew and my sister-in-law what they thought about it. And, of course, my nephew said he didn't want Seamus to be, you know, bad. Um, and I and I brought up the point, yeah, you know, evolution makes, you know, the superstars. But Seamus is just floundering around doing nothing, and Triple H, and everybody knows, yeah, there's history between him and Triple H. A lot of people back then said, hey, you know, Triple H, this is Triple H's boy, and Triple H favored him, and that's how he became the champion, you know, at a young at a young age and didn't, and didn't um, you know, deserve it at the time, you know, when he beat John Cena, and obviously approved because he didn't have the belt for that long. It was just, he was just a short-term champion, but like, you know, like, you never know. Hey, guys, this is funny. I got to tell you, I went to a communion. My, my godson made his communion. And they get up, they, they say, we're going we're gonna to have the kids sing this song. I said, okay, and all the kids got up there. So I'm watching my nephew. There's a kid to the left of my nephew, and everybody's like, oh, they're waving and everything. All of a sudden, he does that. You can't see me. I said, I, and I and then they started breaking into um they started breaking into the song This Little Light of Mine. So then I so I was so I was I was making a joke after I said, Did they did, did this did I see this kid do the you can't see me? And then I was starting to sing, You got we got the whole world in his hand. So well, my point to the whole story is is people say, I mean, listen, I've done the whole cold and cup thing. I've seen people do the ultimate warrior. I've seen people do all these other symbols. I've never seen a kid do that. Look at the communion. You can't see me, Chan. So you can't tell me that John Cena's not over. He's over. He's over. Like Michael Pierce Hayes would say, he's over like Rover. You know? But what do you guys think about that? I agree. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I think with, with wrestling, a lot of what happens is the, 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 the haters wind up being the most vocal. But you, you, you can't. You cannot be the number one merchandise guy and not be over. Uh, it's just nah, it, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, he's over. He's over with a lot of people. He's over in 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 different cities. You know, some cities are very pro Cena. Some are are very anti Cena. Um, but like we said earlier in the show, there's definitely a reason why he's the number one guy. And and you know we, we mm. use that over a lot um yeah but yeah i don't know dave i mean your thoughts like john cena over yes or no he's got a fan base a strong one i mean enough that he sells 
you know, the most merchandise out of everybody. I mean, he's he he's geared towards children and young adults. And, you know, the 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 18 to 35 male demographic is is not his fan base. And he knows who to target, and he knows who to market to, and they know how to market him to the to, to that age audience. So yeah, obviously, it's it's it, I mean, and the way that the company has portrayed him on television over the last decade or so as being this good guy, even though the audience has shown their displeasure for him over the past several years, they have still portrayed him as a good guy, and, and have gone against the grain of wrestling tradition because seven, eight, nine years ago they would have turned him as a heel. But we're not going to have that talk again because that's been beaten to death. But the, the way children see it on television, they see it as that John Cena is a hero. And young girls, they think he's a good-looking guy. He's got an appeal to him, you know, with, with women, you know, young women and kids. So, yeah, he's over. Yeah, he, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you on that. Um my nephew, they love they love playing like these old theme songs to see if I and new theme songs to see if I know it. And of course, I'm not really you know, good with the new ones, but the old ones. So all of a sudden, we heard Doug Life and the, the greatest Dougadomics, and then a word Life. And my my nephew's like, "What was that?" And then I said, I showed him some stuff of John Cena. I said, "John Cena was a bad guy." I said, "John Cena used to come out and rap," and um, I said, "And he he uh, he he once um, he once challenged Eminem." I, to a wrestling match where he had the Eminem standee was kind of funny. People actually thought Eminem was going to be at WrestleMania. That was actually you know, Jay-Z. That, that's kind of that's kind. I kind of I kind of found um, I kind of found that 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 funny. Um, mm-hmm. when you talk about when we're talking about heels and we're talking about who's over and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's crazy. Hey, you're gonna have Bill after on next week, right? Uh, sure. Okay. My favorite Bill After moment was when he was used to give the awards. You guys remember when he used to give the awards for the, well, you know, the most hated, the most popular with the PWI. But do you remember when he used to do it like on Saturday night's main event? Huh? You know, you I. Know. It doesn't sound like you do. Anyway, he he gave it to Hulk Hogan, and he said, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. In my life, he gave that he's like, and right now this award goes to a man I've never thought I would ever give this award to, the most hated wrestler. And then you know Hulk Hogan did his whole, you know, this whole the whole bad guy thing, and it was just the funniest thing. The look on After's face was priceless. I'm gonna have to see if I can find that on YouTube, but I you, you gotta know. see that. You gotta see. Maybe I'll see if I can put it up on uh on my uh thing from YouTube. Maybe I'll put it up um, on my Facebook, but it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, after, like you know, we're sitting next to Hulk Hogan, you know, and, and Hulk Hogan's just like the ultimate bad guy. And, you know, it's funny, again, you talk about people turning people bad when we didn't expect it. Goldberg went bad, it was stupid. You know, when they, then they turned Stone Cold Steve Austin bad, it was, everybody was like upset with it. I mean, I had no problem with it because who he aligned himself with. He aligned himself with Nick Mann and Triple H. And a lot of people thought that didn't make any sense because him and Triple H were fighting that whole, they had that whole run, um, you know, in 99 and 2000. So, and you can never, you can never please any, any other fans. But hey guys, we're going to watch Raw tonight. I hope Daniel Bryan is all right. 
Um, it won't be the first time we've seen a champion have to do something with the belt. Look at, you know, Shawn Michaels, Intercontinental Champion. Had a little problem at down in Syracuse, you know, so. But anyway, I will speak to you guys next week. Thank you for my time. And there you have it, another Mike Ferrara experience where, uh, yeah, we hit uh, some Daniel Bryan. We went to a communion for a little while. We wound up finishing off with a main event with Bill After. Go figure, you know, and that's the journey Mike takes us on. 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. We're going to go right back out to the phones. We got Anthony on the line. Anthony, are you there? Hey, guys, what's going on? What's up? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Um, a couple things. Uh, my I have to admit, my in this year normally doesn't happen, but uh, my favorite uh, part of WWE program this week was uh, SmackDown. I thought uh, SmackDown was really good. Uh, at all three shield members in singles competition, kind of all uh, beat up, you know, at the end of the Evolution and having tough matches and I. I, uh, I I enjoyed all those matches, especially uh, you know they had Reigns like he was all beat up and coughing and could barely move and he recovers ju- with just enough energy to beat Mark Henry. Um, so uh, good main event too, Cena Cena with the Usos versus Wyatt's. So I actually thought uh, SmackDown outdid Raw last week. I, I kind of agree with you. I thought SmackDown was a good show. I, I enjoyed. You know, I know they've had singles match before, but I think, you know, with, with groups, they, they beat to death the, the six-man tag. And I, I really, I enjoy seeing all three Shield members in, in singles competitions. I'm curious, Anthony, because you watch a lot of stuff, and you and your daughter watch a lot of, of wrestling. Um, one of the, the things that I thought coming out of SmackDown is I, I thought that Roman Reigns uh, distinguished himself well, uh, winning his matchup, uh, selling the beatdown from Raw, and uh, but still persevering. I thought uh, Rollins in in his loss, you know, giving up a lot of size. Uh, again, uh, Dave brought up this comparison. You could see Rollins down the road being a, a Jeff Hardy type, had a cool spot in the match. Um, so I thought it was a yep. good night for Rollins as well. And I still find myself thinking that, that Dean Ambrose has not distinguished himself. He's, you know, I, I, I know what he did on the indie scene, and I know the guy's got talent, and I get it. But right now on WWE programming, uh, he's not distinguishing himself, and he loses his U.S. title. He loses his rematch clean, which definitely helps Sheamus and helps the U.S. title. But when I look at the Shield and I look at these three guys and, and them becoming single stars, right now I definitely see that of Roman Reigns. I definitely see that of Rollins. And I think it's a big question mark on where Ambrose goes when and if the Shield breaks up. I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, I, tend, I tend to agree with you. I was kind of thinking that myself. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Shield guy. Obviously a huge Reigns guy. He might be my favorite performer right now. And I, I think he's getting better and better. But uh, Ambrose, I don't know, he, he's the one guy in the group that really doesn't do it for me. He does like that kind of, I don't know why, it just annoys me. When he like gets in the ring, gets the guy down, and he kind of does these like little slap punches, like 100 of them in a row. And it, I'm like, you know, what is he really going for there? Like nobody's watching that and thinking you're actually hurt somebody doing that, you know. And I, he's, just, he's, he's more of a strange guy. 
I almost don't see him as like this hound of justice type guy. I, I see him more like I think he would be better in more of like a stranger role. You know, even when he when he cuts his promos, he kind of gets a look on his face that's kind of weird. Um, I mean, I don't I don't really know how you book him that way at this point, but I, I tend to agree with you that Ambrose is, there's something missing there. Yeah, it's just it's weird because coming you know when this group started, you know I think. You know, Ambrose is one of those guys that he had such a following on the indie scene, and there there was a high expectation of what he could do in the WWE. And, and to me, I, you know, right now, if if you told if you told me a year from now you're going to see Rollins kind of being that spot guy, Jeff Hardy type, Reigns is main eventing, and Ambrose is out of the company, I I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't shock me, which is very surprising now because of what he came in, the expectations coming into the company. So it's it's interesting. I'm curious to see how they're going to build this. Eventually, the shield is going to break up. And, I, you know, I think they got to do something or Ambrose is going to continue to flounder. I'm curious what, what your thoughts are, Dave. Well, there's there's a couple schools of thought. I agree with you. There's He, he does seem kind of like the oddball out of the group. And I, I kind of agree with Tony, like, in a way. Like, you could take his character and – he could have some sort of strange gimmick or something. He's very unpredictable. He, he kind of reminds me a lot of, um, in some ways, of, of Brian Pillman. When Brian Pillman did the loose cannon gimmick, um, sadly, he didn't really get to expose that character too well because he had passed away. But I could see Ambrose doing something like that. But um, at the same time, though, that's what makes the Shield so unique. You have, you know, this flyer, in, in, in this high flyer in, in Seth Rollins, and you got this powerhouse, this beast in Roman Reigns, and then you just got this unpredictable lunatic in Dean Ambrose that just what makes these three so popular and, and, and work so well together. So there's a, there's a few different ways you can, you, you, can, you can turn it around and go with it with these guys. There's a couple of schools of thought, but at least in my opinion, I like him with the Shield. And eventually they will break up, and he will. I think he'll do good on his own. I just think right now it's it, they they put more focus on the other guys because he had the most hype going in, and and he he proved it in some ways, but in other ways it was kind of a letdown. But eventually, as he gets on his own, he'll he'll, he'll do just fine. I like the comparison, though. I could totally see a a Brian Pillman uh, loose cannon kind of vibe to him, and and maybe even. You know, down the road, get him crazier and crazier. Maybe that's what leads to the breakup of the Shield. That he just he's losing his mind and uh, you know can't be contained within the Shield. Who knows? I mean, I'd like to. I want to see them all succeed. I mean, I love the Shield. Um, it just it, to me, I feel like Ambrose is kind of floundering right now. Uh, Tony, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, I'm glad you've become like a regular caller and uh, look forward to yeah, talking. Absolutely. To you. I'll uh, I'll be in touch next week, guys. Take care. Very cool. Take. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because it is, you know, the hottest storyline going. And I just went, when Ambrose was pinned on SmackDown, and I agree with Tony, I think SmackDown was a superior show. It's almost like now we're getting on, on Monday Night Raw, we're getting a lot of like the, the storyline developments, and then SmackDown, we're getting recap and matches. Um, and I thought you had some solid matches on SmackDown, and I was, I was happy to see uh, the Shield split up in singles competition. Yeah, what was cool about SmackDown is you got to see each guy's individual talents, and it kind of, you know, put the 
fantasy booker in me. Uh, you know, in, in, in the wheels were turning in my head when I was watching SmackDown. And all three put on good performances. Um, and, and after hearing that, or watching that, I should say, kind of got me thinking. You know, Payback, there's been rumors of an Evolution, you know, Shield six-man tag team match. But Triple H had put all three of these guys in single competition on SmackDown last, last Friday. So what if they decided to switch it up a little bit and Triple H decides, well, we want a piece of the Shield to pay back the next pay-per-view, but we're not going to do it in a traditional six-man tag team match. Let's do a best-of-three series with the Shield and Evolution in singles matches. And you can draw names out of hats as to who wrestles who. Triple H can, you know, explain in, in a promo tonight on Raw or maybe on Friday on SmackDown, you guys are a great team and you got the best of us on one night. But let's see how well all of you do in singles competition against three great former World Heavyweight Champions like Evolution. And then maybe that's where you insert Sheamus, you know, joining the group at the pay-per-view, helping one of them win the third match in the best of three series if it gets to three guys. Something that just I thought came to my mind, and if anybody in Stanford is listening currently right now over in Titan Towers, you're more than welcome to call me on my phone and hire me as part of your creative team. Hmm. I like that. I mean, I, I think that's a real good idea. And, and, you know, like, you know, I predicted, which I was wrong, but I said that, you know, Batista gets, uh, you know, beat down from Evolution uh, I, uh, this past Monday for getting taking the pin in the, the six-man tag. I mean, it would be interesting if you had, you know, those one-on-ones and uh, maybe a stipulation that, uh, you know, one faction's over, or, or you know, if, if whoever wins, like, that faction's done. Um, but have them split the first two and have, uh, you know, Batista-Roman Reigns as, as the deciding match, and uh, Reigns, Reigns goes over, and then that's why uh, Batista's bounced out of evolution. Um, but I like that idea. Even if there's no stipulation, even if it's not a best of three, whatever, I, I like the idea of splitting up um, – them and having three individual matches as opposed to another six-man tag match. We'll see what happens. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. Thank Hello. There, Dank. Oh, what that sounded like someone was underwater. We've had some interesting calls uh, from Dank the past couple of weeks. Uh, last week uh, he nodded off, and uh, I try not to take that personally. And, and uh, this week he sounds like he's in a submarine. So who knows what's going on over there in, in Dankland? Uh, but, uh, anyway, at least it didn't sound like anyone was asleep. What, Dave? Didn't sound like anyone was asleep on the other end of that call. No, it's, I mean, that, that noise, it would be tough to sleep through that. Uh, but as we get into uh, Monday Night Raw, and we talked a little bit, you know, it was a little bit negative, I guess, because we're not into the Kane-Daniel um, Bryan storyline. Into the We're into the Shield Evolution storyline, though, into the, the Wyatts and, and Cena storyline. Uh, you know, as we look at Monday Night Raw tonight, uh, uh, what do you think we're going to see out of Monday Night Raw? I mean, it's interesting, Dave, because... You know, there's all the speculation, and this is why, you know, the Internet's amazing and news breaks and you hear it. You know, we do all this, this pre-show stuff and talking and speculating what could this, what could happen here, what could, and now Daniel Bryan could be hurt. 
Uh, does he drop the title tonight? Does he relinquish the title? Um, you know, is it is it something that, you know, rather be safe than sorry, and if it takes a turn for the worse, he's going to be out for longer, so he just relinquishes the title tonight. Uh, very, very interesting on, I mean, let's just, let's put out their worst-case scenario, and Daniel Bryan has to relinquish the title, and he's not wrestling. It, it throws everything into a tailspin. Who knows what direction they're going to go in, so... It, it's kind of weird, Dave, that like everything we would speculate on Monday Night Raw before the show started, it's, it, everything is kind of thrown up in the air. Who knows what we're going to see tonight? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things could take place. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the WWE leaked that Daniel Bryan is hurt, and it's not really, he's not really hurt that this could be part of the storyline with him and Kane. And if you remember, they, they kicked it off with Kane returning and, tombstoning him on steel steps and on the announce table. Brian came out in a neck brace the following week. I mean, it, 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 could, it, it could tie in and make some sense um, for it to be, well, you know, a work by them. But what would be the point of that? Um, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. We, we, it wouldn't surprise me if it is legit that they that they keep Daniel Bryan as the champion and they have him work the payback pay-per-view and something drastic happens and they film an angle where he can't make it to the ring or he got hurt or whatever and that's how they, they write him off TV for a little while. Or if this is something small and short-term that he doesn't have the title, um, or no, he doesn't wrestle, but he still keeps the title and he's still kind of on TV and he's kind of got this interaction with Stephanie McMahon and then when he's cleared to return, he'll get in the ring and return, kind of like what Punk did. There's a lot of different ways they can go with it. Um, I have a feeling, though, if he is legitimately hurt, then they're going to do the best that they possibly could right now to get the title off. Who knows? You know, they're, they're all about ratings nowadays for TV. Maybe they'll set something up where they write him off TV and they do a title match tonight. Very possible. But yeah, like I mean, you said, it could, it could throw things into a tailspin if he's legitimately hurt and he's got to be off TV for an extended period of time. Uh, it could change things up in the Shield Evolution storyline. It could change things up in the uh, the, um, the John Cena Wyatt storyline. It could ra- it could raise a new opportunity for somebody that they've been really wanting to push. Not saying they're going to be world champion, but they may get moved up the card even higher than they thought they were going to. You know, it, sometimes injuries are a good thing for some people in some ways because it gives them the opportunity to get more face time on TV and to be held in a in a in a brighter spot. So. I can't predict what could take place, but I think, you know, I, like I said, I'll just go with I can't predict what's going to take place tonight because there's, there's, there's a lot of speculation and a lot of different ways it could go. I mean, yeah, you're right, and it's very interesting. I mean, you know, as you're saying, like, who, you know, what could this mean for, for people? You know, do we see, you know, all the speculation, uh, you know, with Batista? Are, are they able to maybe entice him to stay around a little bit longer if he's given uh, – you know, maybe another shot at the title, maybe a, a program surrounding the title. Um, you know, there's so many things that this could affect. What I find interesting, Dave, you know, coming out of last week's Raw, now, you know, I, I get it. They, they have finagled their way around, you know, growing up watching wrestling, it was all about, you know, if you don't defend every 30 days, you'll be stripped of the title. And yet you have to defend that title every 30 days. And they've they've definitely got lenient uh, with that rule. Um even, I mean, I, I think Dean Ambrose held the title for, I mean, it seems like he held the U.S. title for 16 years, and I think he defended it twice. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that they've, they've gotten away from. But 
interesting coming out of last week that Stephanie actually made a statement of, you know, you'll be stripped of the title. Um, so it, 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 it was just it's interesting that that happened last week that, you know, could it's going to be difficult for them to work into the storyline, keeping him off television and keeping him away for a while and, and not taking the belt off him. So you're right. Is he, you know, it's a neck injury and that's the thing, you know, we're speculating right now. Um, is that something that, you know, is it, you know, not, is it not severe enough where he can, he can muddle through a match and maybe, via some sort of interference, loses the belt tonight? Uh, or is it severe enough where, you know, before the surgery, you just don't want to be taking any bumps with this sort of injury, so they got to figure out another way? Um, it, it, it's, it's very interesting. It's very, you know, I mean, if it is legit, and, you know, we've always gone by on this show, you know, you hear a lot of stuff out of the dirt sheets, and you take it with a grain of salt. But once Mike Johnson reports it, um, you kind of start to think, all right, this this looks like it's it's pretty legit. And you know, Mike Johnson not speculate on exactly what it was. Mike Johnson just reported is dealing with some sort of neck issue that will keep him out of the ring on Raw tonight. So as other dirt sheets are speculating and saying that he needs a procedure, as of now, Mike Johnson is steering clear of needing a procedure. So. Is it something that just would affect tonight, and maybe some of the speculation is wrong? Who knows? I hope that's the case. I, I hope Daniel Bryan is okay, and uh, you know it's just a, a kind of a blip on the radar with him. Um, but interesting stuff going into Monday Night Raw. Uh, where does this storyline go with Daniel Bryan? Um, do we see drastic changes uh, coming out of this storyline? Um, you know, a lot of speculation going in. Um, but I'm really, you know, it's funny with, with this, and, and we talked about it, as much as, you know, there's intrigue now, obviously, with the injury, um, for me, I, I, I think I'm, I'm more into, you know, it, it's close right now with Cena and Wyatt um, and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Evolution. It, it's funny, because like, going into Raw tonight, I guess the one thing I'm most looking forward to is another Bray Wyatt promo, because those are always awesome. Um, but storyline-wise, I think I'm more into Evolution versus The Shield, and I'm, I'm curious, especially after SmackDown, what exactly they're going to do with that storyline. I'm really enjoying that, Dave. The, the Wyatt-Cena storyline, yeah. I mean, I was kind of hoping for, <clears throat> excuse me, a Cena appearance on Raw this past Monday, but he, he was put on main event to try and get more people to go to the network and he is, a, he is a ratings magnet because he's over. Um, there's unpredictability with that storyline, too, and how far that can go. Um, the rumor is, is that it's probably going to go all the way to SummerSlam. That there's a good chance we could see Cena involved with the Wyatt family till SummerSlam. So the, the, the real test is, is how do you make it entertaining and how do you make it more interesting on that storyline basically started at the Royal Rumble in January. We're in May. They were involved somehow with each other for five months. And I wouldn't say that's unheard of in wrestling, but it's very rare these days. And if you're going to go all the way to August when SummerSlam is, that will be eight months that Cena has had television interaction with the Wyatt in a storyline. So I'm, I'm hoping it gets more and more entertaining. And 
what layers there are that's going to get you to the final payoff. And, and it's interesting with, with that storyline because that that's a storyline that I, 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 I'm enjoying it very much. However, like like you're hitting on, it, this is not a... It's not a short-term storyline. It's not a transitional storyline. This is this is legit, uh, dramatic storyline between the the face of the company, the the ultimate Boy Scout, and and a cult leader uh, trying to question uh, whether the, this guy's uh, morality is legit. And interesting, you know, the one thing that you know when you hit on how it's rare how long it's going, and and each successive week that this storyline continues to develop and each successive and each successive storyline uh storyline each successive, each successive pay-per-view that this storyline continues to to go on and on um it it leads you to and and we're not going to speculate on the Cena heel turn but it does start to make you need a a, a bigger and bigger payoff you know, it's it's just as, as it goes on, and and you know, it's almost like a you know a movie. And the longer the movie goes, the better the finale better be, or it's just going to leave you flat. Um, you know, you're hoping that when this is all said and done, that something extremely dramatic happens at the end. And I, I you know, I'm praying, you know, hoping as as a wrestling fan that they don't leave us flat. But I, I don't know. You know, Dave, do you feel the same way? Like, do you think that it needs to be a a substantial finale in some way, shape, or form? Depends on what the moral of the story is. Is the moral of the story that that Cena, his, um, you know, his legacy, is, is there truth to what Wyatt is saying? And will that come out and will that be the payoff? Or is Cena going to exercise this demon known as Bray Wyatt and you know, the, the, the C Nation and the WWE Universe will be by his side and, and see the error of their ways for following the buzzards. I mean, it all depends on what story they're – and what what story and what point they're trying to make. And, and if, if they're going to try and make that point, then there needs to be some finality to it. Not necessarily by, like, a pinfall win with someone, but in a sense where – all right, this this issue's been resolved, and Cena's here, and Wyatt's over here, and as long as it as long as it elevates the status of a Bray Wyatt, and it, it puts him further up, then think then a lot of good things have been accomplished by it by by having this this storyline take place. Yeah, it's, it's I, I mean that's the thing, the ultimate, and it, and that's what makes for a compelling storyline. I mean, it's a morality play, and and it, is it that uh, you know, Wyatt was right in questioning John Cena's legacy or does the ultimately good triumph over evil? And, uh, you know, I, I'm so intrigued with, with Bray Wyatt and, you know, it, it's funny because I, I'm almost like, you know, the safe way and, and to blow people out of the water and, and, and just like, you know, turn Cena heel, people would go, you know, nuts. It would just, it, it hasn't, you know, he hasn't been a heel in a while. Um, but there's part of me that almost, because Bray Wyatt is so skillful on the mic, and so many people out there would kind of speculate that if, if in the end John Cena is still John Cena and good triumphs over evil and, and Cena comes out the victor in, in this 
storyline that it would kill Wyatt. And there's part of me that almost wants that to happen because I think Wyatt is so good that it won't kill him. That he'll still, whatever program they go to after Cena, even though it may be a step down, because look, let's face it, Cena's the top dog, so it's got to be a step down, that I still think Wyatt will figure out a way to make it work, figure out the way to be the most interesting guy on a telecast. So it's funny that as much as it would be amazing to finally see Cena snap, I, I kind of want to see how Wyatt would handle losing in the end, you know, Dave? Yeah, that's that would that would be an interesting take. I think too. The other thing that could that I would find very interesting is that whatever happens in in the, the end result of this storyline for for Cena at least, I think some of that will carry over into his next storyline, depending on who he's going to work with. If let all right, there's been rumors circulating the past several days that John Cena has requested that around SummerSlam time and maybe going into the fall, he would like to work a program and work a storyline with Big E Langston or Big E, excuse me. They dropped the Langston because apparently his last name doesn't exist. Anyhow, they, there's been talk of doing that and Cena and Langston are friends outside of the ring. Um, he works out at Cena's gym regularly. He's broken some weightlifting records in Cena's gym. There's always been talk of pairing the two of them together as a team, but now there's talk of having that, you know, them be against each other. What if somehow Langston got involved in the tail end of the Wyatt feud, and let's say Cena did finally snap and lose his mind over what Wyatt has done to him over the past eight months and just beat the holy hell out of him, and Langston jumps in and is just like, hey, you know, you can't do this, and, and then that's how you start the program with them. Not to cut you off there, we are out of time. Remember, tune in next week. We have the legendary Bill Apter. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in Monday Night Raw time. Good night, everybody.